Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining. On this video, we're going to be talking about this incredible day we had today in the market. If you weren't paying attention, we had a hugely positive green day. The NASDAQ is up 3.41%. The S&P 500 closed 1.89% in the green. And even the Dow Jones is up 1.17%. But you notice that the gains were tilted towards the NASDAQ, which has been beaten up the most. And this is pretty incredible. This is like a relief rally, a reversal of trend. We've been trending down in recent history in the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, and the Dow Jones, but especially the QQQ and these type of companies. But now we see a huge reversal in trend. 3.41% green in one day is a pretty big green day. And it's even more so with the type of companies that I hold in my portfolio, the Story Fund. If you're new to the channel, I follow this growth portfolio week by week and give complete transparency into how it's doing. Today was a special day for the Story Fund. It is up 5.35%. This is a huge green day. One of the most green days in the history of this entire portfolio. Overall, we're still struggling because this type of portfolio got beat down uh, pretty bad over the past three months. It has a lot of these tech companies. Netflix got beat up. Companies like Spotify and Salesforce and Adobe, uh, Atlassian, Twilio, these type of companies all got beat up pretty hard over the past three months. But then we have this crazy day today, 5.35% in the green. Uh, the Netflix was up 10.46%. Spotify was up 13%. These are crazy numbers that happened today. So anytime this type of thing happens, where we have one big green day after a lot of selling, this is where we have a lot of speculation, a lot of opinions on what this means for the overall market. And I want to discuss it and give my thoughts on it. So we're going to be going over that. I'll be giving an update on a lot of different holdings in the story fund, what I think is going on with them right now. And we also have one other news item that I wanna mention. Remember that Apple analyst that came on CNBC June of last year, and he said while wearing AirPods that Apple was grossly overvalued. It was overvalued by over 30%. Apple was at the time trading at 125, and he said it was worth $90 a share. He said Apple had too good of a year in 2021. They were just having too good of a year, and they had too good of a year in 2020, and they pulled for demand. And he said that, you know, this, this next year is going to be really tough for Apple. Well, I disagreed with him. I posted a reaction video to this, and I said, hey, I think this guy's dead wrong. I think his thesis is wrong. Here's the reasons why. And it turns out that he just appeared back on CNBC just today. So... I want to take a look at his new price target of Apple and his thoughts on the company going forward. So we have a lot to jump into in this episode, as always. And just a reminder, if you haven't already, you should check out the Patreon associated with this channel. Most Patreons are just like the community Discord and maybe some exclusive content. We offer that as well on this channel. I do hour-long AMAs weekly as well as exclusive episodes. We have a community Discord that's for Patreon members. It has over 2,000 active members. But in addition to that, I want to remind you you also get access to Qualtrum, this website at no additional charge. There's no 
add-ons. There's no bait and switch. It's it's not something separate. It is totally included with the base Patreon level. And Qualtrum is a suite of investing tools to help you become a better investor. One of them is Qualtrum Insights, which gives you at a glance all the fundamentals of any company. I can type in Apple and see their revenue and EBITDA and free cash flow, net income, their balance sheet, their debt, their dividends, their cash, their shares outstanding, their earnings per share going way back to 1996. I can see a ton of information at a glance as well as the valuation metrics, the margins, the growth, you know, the dividend summary, all of this stuff very easily on one page. It works for any of the publicly traded companies, any of them on US exchanges. So this tool is included as part of the Patreon. You also get access to Qualtrum Track. This is a different part of this tool. This gives you information about your portfolio, your dividend growth over time. And this actually does projections on your upcoming dividends over the next year. We're building all of this out. So again, Qualtrum Track, Qualtrum Insight, everything they do at this website, including the mobile app that's on iOS and Android, are included as part of the Patreon. No additional charges, no upselling, no ads, nothing like that. And we are working on something right now that I think is going to be awesome. It's going to be released probably within a couple of weeks called the Dip Finder. And that's going to be another big segment on this website, another big tab with I think a really cool tool. So I'll explain that more in the future. But if you haven't already, try out the Patreon. There's a link in the description. All right. Now, having said that, let's go ahead and jump into the portfolio and do an update. For those of you new to the channel, this is called the Story Fund. It is my growth portfolio. I track it with total transparency week by week, and I benchmark it against the S&P 500. So if you're interested in seeing and observing the outcome of a real portfolio with real money over a long period of time to see if this can work, if stock picking can work, and I can invest in long-term compounding companies like Netflix and Amazon and Google and Spotify and Salesforce and Adobe, these type of subscription-based, I think, incredibly good compounding companies, then you can subscribe to the channel and follow along for free. I'll be doing updates every single week. The portfolio overall, I think it's had a tough time, right? The past three months, there's been this crazy sell-off in these high-growth names. Every type of tech company and cloud company has basically been re-rated and the market has not liked them. The market has been stuffing money into energy companies and, and financials and commodities and different places outside of these tech companies that had a big run up. So over the past three months, I've given up all of my gains. I went from being in the green by $25,000 to now just being in the green by $1,300. And that's painful. That's something that's mentally difficult to deal with but not really if you have the right perspective, if you have the long-term perspective. I own just as many shares in the companies that I initially bought as I did before. And this sell-off gave me the opportunity to buy more heavily into a lot of these companies that I already love. I love Netflix as a company and an investment. After the sell-off, I bought more of this company. The same thing with Spotify, the same thing with, uh, with all these companies. With IGV, all these cloud companies, I increased my position size in that as well. The sell-off was an opportunity for me. So even though I'm in the green by $1,300, I look at this as an opportunity to gain way more share counts so that when we do have another run-up, I have a lot more starting off. So I think it's a good thing in the end. Now, the portfolio was actually pretty bad like a week ago. A week ago, it was even further in the red. By $7,000, I was in the red. So being $1,300 in the green today is pretty remarkable. The past day, this is just today, we're up 5.3%. So we outperformed even the QQQ by a large degree. These type of companies really pop when the market is back in bull mode, right? When, when things are going good and the market's going up, I think these companies will make a lot of ground. 
Now let's go ahead and look at the performance of it overall against the S&P 500. I tracked this on this chart here and you can see the, the story fund is in blue. So my portfolio is the blue line. The S&P 500 is in red. And I show this again every single week. You can see the performance of this. And I plan on doing so until the end of 2025. Now, you can see that the past two months, the performance suffered in my portfolio. We had Netflix trending downwards. And then we had the huge sell-off after the bad quarter. We have Alibaba having a tough time. We have controversies with Spotify, that company selling off. And it traded down to negative 7%. So I was actually pretty well in the red. And then in just the past couple of days, this rally put me back in the green, plus 3%, against the S&P 500 at plus 17%. So the S&P 500 is still in the lead right now, but the gap was closed quite a bit over just the past couple of days. And I think this gives you an idea of how quickly things can change. This much area covered in just a few days. If the market decides, look, we sold off too much. These type of growth companies have just been oversold. Uh, we're not really worried about the whole inflation thing or the, you know, the raising interest rates. That's really not as big of a deal, which the market could. They could shrug it off at some point. These are the type of companies that I think investors will want to pile money back into. The market swings from one narrative to the other. The pendulum sways from one side to the other. And in many cases, it goes too extreme. It'll go too far to the side of fear. And that's where we're, we're headed. The market has been extremely fearful selling out of every tech company. Nothing story-driven, nothing's narrative-driven, nothing about the future. Everybody wants the Kimberly Clarks, the Procter & Gambles, the most defensive companies you can get right now that have cash flows right now today. That's what people want right now because there's a Fed, there's interest rates going up, there might be inflation, but the pendulum will eventually swing back to greed mode. That will happen over time. When that happens, investors will pull money out of their they're big, mature, slow-growing energy companies and consumer defensive companies, and they'll want to get back into growth. All of a sudden, they'll be talking about Spotify dominating the world with audio and Netflix dominating the world with streaming. This type of thing sways from one direction to the other. So even though right now the narrative is heavily swayed towards the more defensive companies in the S&P 500, I think the pendulum will eventually swing backwards. I don't know when that will happen. Whenever we have a big relief rally, a trend reversal day like today, where we've been selling off for a while and all of a sudden we have a reverse of that trend and a big up day, this is when the speculation happens. You have people go on TV and say, this is the bottom, prepare for this huge rally. You have people saying the selling's not over, it's going to be another 10%. The truth is we don't know. We don't know if this is the bottom, if it's going to reverse trend now. We have no clue. What I do know is that th these type of companies are way sold off compared to what they were three months ago. They're way better valued than where they were three months ago. And there's way more upside with them now. If you're looking to buy into tech companies and cloud companies and these type of scalable high growth companies, now is a much better time than three months ago. So that's all we know. And I'm very personally optimistic about the future with this portfolio. I feel very confident in my chances of, of still having good gains over these next couple couple years because... In reality, this has been a pretty short time. One year is not a significant amount of time, and I don't think we're out of the running yet. Now, let's go ahead and jump in to this Apple analyst that June of last year gave a sell rating for Apple and said that it was worth $90 a share when it was currently trading at $125. Here is my response video, my reaction video to this analyst. His name's Pierre. 
and he covers companies like Apple and Tesla. And he called in with his bearish call on Apple wearing his AirPods. Uh, this is kind of what he said in my reaction at the time. This was June of 2021. Is that demand for the iPhone 12 is actually exceptionally strong. So what does that mean? That means the phone introducing 5G, a return of the, 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 the metal frame on the case, uh, has introduced a lot of uh, changes in look and feel and a lot of innovation and has driven a lot, a lot of interest. And that's bringing forward replacement. So a lot of people who normally would have replaced their phone next year are actually going to replace it this year. Or This is always, always the bear case for Apple. For the past 10 years, this has been the bear case for Apple. Wow, they're doing so good right now. They have so much demand right now that they can't, they can't sustain this level of demand into the next year, the year after. That's always the same thing. He says that the problem with Apple, if this is the bear case for Apple, is they're doing too well. They're doing too well right now. They're selling too many phones, and they're definitely not going to be able to keep this up in the future because people like their products so much that they're buying all of them now. They won't, they won't need them ne- next year. They call this pulling demand forward. So you have demand in the future and you're pulling it forward to now. I think this is one of the weakest arguments for almost any company, the pulling demand forward. It can happen a little bit in some very unique cases, but most of the time, a company that did well one year should continue to do well into years into the future. And even if it has some times where it goes through a little bit less demand, it evens out over time. So this pulling forward demand argument is very common with Apple. It's common with a lot of other companies. But in Apple's case, I don't buy it. I think that Apple have plenty of demand next year and the year after. But let's go ahead and listen. to That's the clip from June of last year. And I must say, that guy sounds pretty smart there. Uh, pretty accurate, if you, you ask me. Now, let's go ahead and look at this updated clip. We have Pierre here, and he's giving us his new take on Apple, his updated take. This is eight months later we'll find in consensus today and what we think is relatively well reflected in the stock price. So at $165, you know, that's 25 times what we would expect for earnings next year. And that's that's about what consensus is expecting for earnings next year, $6.60. Um, and, and so we feel the stock is probably reasonably valued. So we don't have a strong view uh, on the name. And that's, that's rational behind our neutral rating. So if you didn't catch that, he just gave a price target current day for 165 for Apple, and it's currently trading at 173. So he has a neutral rating saying it's trading about fair valued, but it's still a little bit overvalued. Uh, when just eight months ago, his thesis on Apple, his research was, well, they pulled forward too much demand. They're not going to sell as many iPhones. And so, you know, they're worth only $90 a share, not 125 that they're currently trading at. So if investors followed him back then, they would have lost money because they would have sold Apple uh, hoping that it was going to go back down to $90 a share. Really, it raced up to $170, $175, and now he's saying it's worth $165, nearly double his price target just eight months ago. This is tough to follow analysts like this, and I just want to highlight how they can change their, their analysis on a company within eight months, dramatically change it from $90 a share to $165 a share. And Apple hasn't changed much in the past eight months. The company hasn't fundamentally changed. All they did was just keep doing the same thing they're doing. But yet now they're magically worth from $90 to $165. This is the problem with not relying on your own research on these type of things. Even more confusing is how he's so neutral on Apple. He doesn't see that it's going to create any more value in the future. Uh, He doesn't apply any type of 
you know, that Apple can do anything else other than just sell iPhones. His big thesis on Apple is they're just going to sell more and more iPhones. That's the only way they really make money. But let's go ahead and listen to him be asked about this. I mean, and what you're telling me is that you're acknowledging that, that you got it wrong in regards to Apple's recent results. And of course, there's the expectations for the current fiscal year. I, I'm what would change your mind, though? I guess the fact that you're, you are staying neutral right now. I mean, what are sort of the key factors that you would expect to potentially accelerate the gains in this stock that you would be looking for that you don't think uh, are there currently? Yeah, that's a great question. I think if you look at, you know, like the existing established business of Apple, the iPhone, iPad, the Mac, uh, the wearables as they exist today, we don't feel like there is significantly significant room for like steady upside against existing expectations. So if Apple is a business that can grow in single digit, digit uh, revenues and grow free cash flow and, and profitability along the same line, it's difficult to have more than a neutral perspective on the stock. We don't think there is anything mispriced or that is not getting priced in yet. Um, so neutral, really, we mean it. We, we mean it's an okay investment, um, but that's not an investment for which we, we would pound the table. So what would make us change our mind with that kind of expectation in background and valuation in background would be really the next steps for Apple, which is um, uh, like the, the, the VR or, or AR headset and the car, of course. And we've done a lot of work on this front. And our view today is that these opportunities are a mix of being extremely open-ended. So there are very good reasons to believe uh, Apple can do very well there. Um, but how well and how far is difficult to call. And then our second conviction is that this will be very slow-baking opportunities. So we don't see an urge, you know, in, in recommending investors to, to own Apple for, for these opportunities today. So this guy seems like a pretty just conservative investor. Uh, he looks at Apple as kind of a mature company with not too much upside. It's kind of saturated its market. It might have incremental growth, but the long shot opportunities of an Apple car and virtual reality, he says not to really factor that in too much. It's kind of pie in the sky. We, would, we don't want to include that in our analysis. Now, that seems kind of odd, seeing that when I look at some more info on him, and I did a little bit more research, he's heavily bullish on Tesla for all these different type of reasons of incredibly aggressive predictions of what Tesla's going to do. In fact, he has one of the highest price targets on Tesla of any Wall Street analyst, putting the price target at $1,600 right now. So he thinks it's going to be worth $1.6 trillion. Apple's not even worth what it is right now. It's worth $165 a share not 175 or whatever it's trading at, but Tesla's worth $1,600 a share currently from this analyst. And he even has tweets where he's done presentations talking about what Tesla needs to do to get to $10 trillion, where he goes on about Tesla's insurance business and how it could be worth hundreds of billions of dollars and be, be rated at multiples 25 times what a normal business is. These are the type of things he's talking about. But when it comes to Apple, not much upside there. Not a whole lot going on with Apple. Uh, everything with the upside is with Tesla. Um, I think that Mr. Pierre, respectfully, I think he's wrong again. Uh, he, he was wrong when he said that it was $90 a share. Now he moved that to 160 And I think we're going to see a repeat. I think that Apple continue to absorb a lot of the money in the economy. One thing that I think we can look at with Apple's business right now is this chart. This is Apple subscriptions over time. 
we talk about Apple becoming a software subscription business, but I think this chart is just straightforward. It really illustrates what's going on with Apple in the background. People view it as a phone company. They view it as a, an iPad and MacBook company. This is the amount of subscriptions in millions that Apple currently has people on. Last quarter, it went up another 40 million subscriptions to 785 million subscriptions. That's what this company is doing in the background. If you don't think that this is valuable, incremental growth, high profit growth, then I don't know what is. Apple is growing its service business like crazy. The earnings of Apple were up 22% year over year. That's much quicker earnings growth than the average company in the S&P 500. I think it has limited downside and it still has incredibly good upside. So I remain bullish on Apple. I don't think that Mr. Pierre here is correct. I think that we're going to see him uh, wrong on this one again, but we'll wait and see. Maybe we'll check back in in a year and see where Apple's trading at. Now, the last thing that I wanted to address in my portfolio is we have a lot of controversy surrounding Spotify right now. Most people have heard about it regarding Joe Rogan and some of the things that he says on his podcast regarding health and and you know all the, the controversial topics that he discusses. A lot of people, it's upsetting because he shares different thoughts and different opinions and random studies and stuff. Uh, and that debate is ongoing right now. Now, I don't want to insert myself in that debate. I think it's important. I think it should be had. Uh, I think that, uh, that people should push back when they don't like something like this. I just want to discuss it from an investment perspective. What I'll say about Spotify is when people look at controversies like this and they think this can't be good for the company. They have Joe Rogan. He's causing problems. There's artists leaving right. A couple artists. That are, I don't think they're like the biggest ones. But Spotify has a couple artists that have jumped and they've jumped shipped and pulled their entire catalog off of Spotify. It can become worrisome. What I will say is that when I look at Spotify as a platform and the fact that it has national debate going on about its platform now. To me, I view that as a good thing. I think that it it's a bullish thing for Spotify. It's like they're growing up. Think about this for a minute. Every single major platform that hosts other people's content has gone through these type of similar debates and these type of similar controversies. Apple's had to deal with controversy from user-generated content. YouTube certainly has. Google has with YouTube many times in history. Some of it that was pretty big regarding uh, content with children in it and how to protect them from potential predators. You have issues with Netflix. They've had controversy in the past. You have um, issues with Facebook, with Instagram and Facebook.com. There's tons of information, good and bad, and everything in between getting shared on Instagram and Facebook every single day. Spotify is not the only company that's ever dealt with these type of issues. They run rampant in every single type of massive user-generated content platform. I think they'll take the steps to deal with it, to clarify information, link to valid sources, give proper disclaimers, but still try to balance that with free speech and free discussion. I think it's good to have the debate and put pressure on Spotify and make change and all of that. I'm not arguing against that. But in my opinion, when I look at companies like this and I look at the history of them, in the huge majority of cases... If like the, the crowd moves on, the controversy moves from one thing to the next. Today it's Spotify, tomorrow it will be something else. So I assume that that's what's going to happen in this case. I could be wrong. Maybe some major artists, you know, ones that really get millions of streams every single day will pull their catalogs, but I don't see that happening right now. I think that Spotify is going to deal with it and it hasn't really changed my, my thesis on Spotify. If I look at the company, this company is growing like a weed. They're growing their revenue by 20% year over year. 
They're growing their user base, both monthly active users and premium users, by 20% year over year. They're free cash flow positive and have been for years. So they've been investing all of their cash back into growing their business. They've been doing a lot of things like improving their advertising on their platform. They now have call to actions on all their podcast ads. So this is much more effective. They, in fact, say that it's 50% more effective for advertisers. So Spotify is doing a lot of positive things in the background. And it's just not enough for me right now to dump this investment. I think fundamentally speaking, if you look at the actual company, it's moving in the right direction. So that's the update for now. Today was a really good day for the portfolio, up over 5%. But we'll see how this week shakes out. It's pretty crazy out there in the stock market. But I feel very good about each and every company that I own. And I'll continue to track them week by week.